Hi friends, I'm back. I'm just kidding guys, let's not even get that far into it, right? Chill out girl, chill out. Well, our last podcast was pretty short, we'll see how this one goes. I don't really time them, I just let the message come as it comes, like I don't care, whatever, you know? As usual though, I definitely recommend that you grab something to sip on. I have a little cognac. I have a little green tea. I recommend you grab something to smoke on if that's your thing. I have a little joint I might hit once or twice. Um, Call it sage if you want. Cleansing the bad energy. Um, how have you guys been? It's been about a month since the last gathering, which that's the time frame I'm kind of thinking will stay on because it gives everyone a time to kind of get caught up on the podcast before because obviously we are all hardworking people, right? Sorry, I had to sip. So, um... I have kind of done a lot. I recently got in contact. I mean, this is kind of a good thing to bring up since the last podcast I was talking about my dad. People that know me know that my dad who raised me wasn't my biological father. I am 35 years old this year. Next month, I'll be 35. And... Um, Next month will be June, just so we're all clear here. Cancer gang over here. Um, I never knew my birth father. I never really had a desire to know him. I had my dad around my whole life. The older I got, the more curious I got. Um, Wanted to know my background more. Wanted to know, do I know I look just like my mom, but do I look like him? Do I act like him? the normal questions that anyone would have who doesn't know who their birth father is. So um, when I was married, my ex-husband for a birthday gift had hired a private investigator to find out some information about my dad. We ended up finding some info. I used that information from back then to locate my father in the current um so i ended up finding out i had a sister i found her on facebook reached out to her asked her if she or him would be willing to do a dna test um to fill you in a little bit in 2006 my birth father had a tragic accident that landed him in being in the position of being a quadriplegic For people who don't know what that is, that means that all four of your limbs are paralyzed. And so um, he is in the care of his mother. However, all praise be, um, he is still coherent. And so he wasn't he wasn't able to recollect the time him and my mom spent together. It was a one night stand is what I ended up finding out later in life. And um, my mom did not realize until she gave birth to me that um, he could possibly be my father. Reason being is that I am clearly biracial and her boyfriend and her were both black, African-American. So 
Um, fast forward to now, he agreed to the DNA test. We completed the DNA test, and honey, he is the father, okay? He is the father. So that has happened since we last um, podcasted. And that was a major point in my life, not just for me, but I felt a lot of vindication for my mother, even though she has passed on and she's in the spirit realm now. Um, I felt like I was able to give her some justification and vindication and peace and closure as well. And so it was a good time. I didn't have much expectation from that, but to find out who he was, hopefully get some more pictures and... Um, through that, I've actually gained a very responsive sister who seems to want to build a relationship with me and I want to do the same with her. And so I think that's a beautiful thing. Definitely something I wasn't expecting. I tried to go into it with no expectation. The only expectation I had was to find out the truth. And so, um, inshallah, that was able to happen. And, um, yeah, we'll go from there. But that kind of ties into the topic that I wanted to touch on today, which is learning when to when to end certain situations and learning that timing is everything. Um, in my life, I've learned that it doesn't matter when you get the lesson because you're not going to use it until you need it. And a lot of times we don't realize the lessons that we're going to end up needing later in our life. We don't realize them or become coherent to them until almost after the fact when we're able to see that, you know, we survived something. Hindsight is definitely 2020. And so I know for myself, it's very, very hard for me to end situations that I feel emotionally connected to. The absolute hardest relationships for me to end or to put boundaries on are relationships with family, more in particular with siblings. I find that to be extremely hard. Um, I have had to learn in this past year that boundaries timing and cutting certain things and people off at the right time is pivotal in achieving the next step of success in our lives. Um, Let's just be real. Some shit sucks. Like you don't want to cut it off for whatever reason. You might have a dope ass connection with this person. They might have shown you some dope ass loyalty at one point in time and you feel almost a certain degree of loyalty back to them because of that. Um, Shit, you might be married and all you've heard your whole life is that you make that shit work no matter what. And so you continue to sit in a miserable existence because you're living up to the rules that were placed on you. And I think at some point we all have to start reevaluating and reanalyzing the rules that we choose to live by. Because those rules don't always apply anymore. Those rules need to be adjusted sometimes. 
I think that so often people walk around miserable because of those rules and they give their self no flexibility on those rules and they give themselves no point in time when they can go in and change those rules even though you're completely in control you can change those rules whenever you want to but how often are we evaluating them and taking the time to change them it's not that often Recently, after having a divorce, all relationships are almost hard to deal with at that point because you're so traumatized. I honestly don't believe there's one person that gets married who's like, oh, yay, I'm going to have a divorce and it's going to be great. I don't care if you get divorced after a month after a week, in that moment, you are so engulfed in love that you don't see an end date on that. So when you get to a point where there's an end date on that, that's very traumatic. Both parties' entire lives change from what was so normal natural flowing all of a sudden is completely put to an abrupt stop and you are left <laughs> really what i feel like you're left with nothing um emotionally Spiritually, you're starting from ground zero. And you don't have to be married to have that feeling. For you, that marriage that that was that that place in my life where marriage sat, maybe for you that's a job, a friendship, um whatever. When you lose something that was a pivotal part of your life, that was important, that was part of your day-to-day, and it's taken from you, or its expiration date comes up, one, it's hard to admit that the expiration date has come up. You don't really want to realize that. You don't want to admit that. But then when you do admit that, The other side of that admission is so fucking terrifying. Because you have no idea what to expect. You really have no idea how to live without that thing. That marriage, that job, that friendship, that sibling, whatever it is. You don't. And never have really had to function in life without that thing. So for it to be gone is definitely foundation shaking. It's like an earthquake happening in your emotional, spiritual, and physical life.
Some things might look the same, but nothing is the same. Nothing. And you constantly evaluate and you constantly question yourself on if you did the right thing. That's the hardest part. Did I do the right thing? When I say that, whatever comes to your mind, when I say, what do you question in your life if you did the right thing? Did you make the right decision that time? What comes to mind? We all have something that we are unsure if we made the right decision. Did we end the right relationship? Did we make the right move? Was that the right time to explode on that person? Was that the right day to have an attitude? Fuck, was that the right day to call in or was that the last day I had to call in? But I just couldn't take it another day. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, I just couldn't take another hit. We all kind of get to that point where you just cannot take another blow. Can I get a fucking break, please? What do you do when you get to that point? What do you do when the urge to call him or the urge to call her is greater than than your anger, is greater than your hurt, is greater than what seemed so important when you cut it off? Because there comes those certain times where it just doesn't seem important anymore you start to question yourself and the decision that you made you start to feel stupid for the decision that you made you start to feel incapable of the role you took on you start to feel lonely as fuck And you start to look out at those next two months or those next couple years or maybe even the next couple days. And you really start to wonder, is this my new reality? Was my only option to live in uncertainty or to live in loneliness and pain? And even more uncertainty? Why did you lead me here? 
why did I have to let that thing go? Because at least I feel better when it's around. At least I feel like I have a purpose. At least I feel wanted. At least I feel seen. At least I feel like I have a place in this world. been there a lot in the past year I've been in that place a lot of times where I had to ask God well is this it because if this is it then I just want to go back to the thing that at least made me feel like I had a purpose whatever that purpose may have been, even if it was being used, it was a purpose. Anyone feel like that right now? Like they just, in a way, kind of want to go back to that thing that just kind of made them feel like they had a purpose? Even if it didn't make them feel healthy or happy or whole, but it made them feel like they had something to do and they had someone to do it with. I know for me, it has been a struggle. I got used to taking care of everyone. What do you mean I have no one to take care of? What do you mean I have no one that needs me? What do you mean I, I don't have a title? So I'm not in, uh, wait, so I'm not someone's wife anymore? What is it about titles we love so much? What is it about titles that make us feel so accepted in society? Like if we have a title, we have a place. I'm his girlfriend. I'm her man. I'm the CEO. I'm the supervisor. Right? I'm the chief. Fuck the Indians. I'm the motherfucking chief. Drink something. We getting heavy in here, huh? Y'all got me over here about to cry. Let me light something. I guess what I'm getting at is letting go of some shit, even if letting go of it is good for you, can fucking hurt. It can feel so lonely. It can feel like no end to that feeling. It could feel not worth it. But if you can remove yourself 
from how you feel <laughs> magically you're okay anyone ever heard the saying that your feelings will lie to you They will. Both face lie. Because that person you miss, if you sat down and you reminisced on that day when you finally called it quits, and you remembered that feeling, that betrayal, that loneliness, that disconnect, the lack of this, the lack of that, you go back and revisit that logic will tell you that you did the right thing you made the right move you put yourself first they say it's lonely at the top I get that it's not lonely at the top of the billboards or at the top of the Forbes list. It's lonely at the top of that spiritual chain. It's lonely at the top of your maximum existence. It's lonely at the top potential that you have to bring to the table. It's lonely there. The journey is lonely sometimes. But I truly believe that it's not lonely forever. I truly believe that when you get to a certain point of being able to accept life for what it is in that moment, and you're able to accept that you did something that was great for you, it might not have been great for the parties that were involved. You might have hurt some feelings, including your own. You might have lost some friends or a lover. But what did you gain for yourself? What did you gain for yourself? If what you gained for yourself is worth more to you than what you lost, then you made the right choice. If your respect and your values and your morals were being compromised and you chose to walk away, you did the right thing for yourself. Anybody ever went to go reset the modem for your internet? I have. First, I'm looking at it right now, actually, because I'm sitting right next to it. That's what made me think of this. First of all, is that damn white cable cord that damn near makes your fingers bleed just trying to unscrew that. I don't know about y'all. I don't know if I just have some ultra sensitive fingertips, but it literally kills my fingers almost every time. Okay. Um, 
Then I have to like kind of climb behind my desk. Dude, it's a chore to reset it. And then I have to wait for it to reset and I have to wait for the orange light to turn green. And then I have to turn my TV back on and then I have to reconnect to the Wi-Fi through my TV and my phone and my this and my... It's a process. Every time you hit the reset button on anything in your life, it's going to be a process. Be prepared for the process. Being prepared for the process will almost guarantee that you won't call that nigga back. If you prepared yourself that for the next five days, I'm going to want to call this nigga, but I can't call this nigga. You'll be prepared for that. But if you act like the next five to ten days are going to be a breeze, you're never going to think about the nigga again, blah, blah, blah. The minute he come to your head, it's going to feel like a sign. Oh, it's a sign. Spirit trying to show me something. Yeah, show you that you're a damn fool and you still got a detox. Detox. If it's meant to come back around, it'll come back around. It'll feel brand new. It'll be something different. If you liked what it was, you would have never left it. If what it was pleased you, satisfied you, paid you enough, did enough, you would have never left it. Give yourself credit for the things you choose to walk away from. Give yourself credit for the doors you choose to close. It's not about the doors that open after the one you close. Sometimes we're too focused on that. One door closes, another one opens. One door closes, two more opening, honey. So we got that in our mind. So when we don't see no doors opening, we think we didn't make the right choice. That's not okay. We shouldn't think about ourselves like that. We shouldn't expect a reward every time we do something. The reward is that you got rid of something that wasn't beneficial for you. The need to replace it with two more things, one more thing, ten more things... That's greed. And that's not really accepting the process of letting some shit go. You're letting go to make space, not to recrowd it. That's like a hoarder going to help them clear their house out. And you're saying, for everything you get rid of, I'm going to give you three more things. That's not helpful. That's creating another problem, but making it three times fucking worse. Stop expecting Five doors to open when I close another. Shit, close them all. And then take me to a new house with some new fucking doors. Because I'm tired of this house with these raggedy doors. That's the mindset that we should try to develop. That's the mindset. I don't want two more of these doors to open that I just closed. I, it was hard as it was hard as hell to close that door. That door weighed five hundred pounds. I had to 
wanted some help to close that door. Then you gonna tell me two, three more gonna open after that? Aw, damn. I fucked myself. I should have just left the first door open. No wonder half the time we look left going to the first door. Because we don't open the door to three, four, five more fucking problems. Now we overwhelmed. Thank you, Lord, for that message. That's coming from him. I couldn't think of nothing that clever. Come on now. I know my delivery isn't what you are used to in your holier-than-thou church. I talk to people on a consistent basis. They always say, Vanessa, wow, what a great lesson. I wish, man, you should be a pastor. I say, I'm not allowed at church. I smoke weed and I drink sometimes. I'm not allowed at church. I'm definitely not allowed to be a pastor. How dare you smoke that marijuana? So I deliver my messages here on my podcast for my friends. My friends who accept me for who I am. Anyways, guys, I think y'all get my point. But you know I love a summary, okay? Let's summarize. Everything you want ain't good for you. Every door you close ain't meant to open a couple more. You could be asking for a couple more problems with that. If God is closing doors and God wants to clean house, let him clear it out. Don't ask him to fill it back up with clutter. Don't ask him to fill it back up with mess. Ask him to keep, ask him to help you keep your shit clean. You remember when you was a kid, would your mom ever help you clean your room? Now your mom tell you to clean your room, your room, let's be honest, your room's still dirty. Let's be real. Okay. But if your mom go in there and clean your room or if your mom go in there with you to help you clean your room, damn, your room be looking good, don't it? Sure, your mom done sure clean it. She probably done lit a candle in there, spread a little freshener in that motherfucker. You got a whole new room. Your whole vibe is new, right? It's different than when you do it by yourself. So when God come to clean up parts of your life, enjoy it. Go sit back on the bed, put your feet up, turn the TV on, turn the fan on, get you a little sniggity snack night, watch a movie, take a nap. What better nap you had than after you cleaned up your whole house? That'd be a refreshing nap. Not only is it a great nap, you wake up to a nice, clean space, ready for whatever. Ready for whatever. I'm going to stop it there, folks. You know I love you. You know I'm here for you. If you want to email me, if you want to hit me up, do so. On IG, the sauce underscore vp on snapchat gods g-o-d-s underscore vp facebook vanessa powell that's all i really got that's how you gotta holler at me one of those ways if you want to reach out to my personal email it's the t-h-e 
original v v e e p p e e at icloud dot com the original v p at icloud dot com v e e p e e as always peace love light blessings i'm here for you i'm praying for you i love you we gonna make this uh podcast right out till 3333 33. so stay on the line with bb let me tell y'all something you're beautiful you're anointed your gifts have been given to you by god he gave them to you because he wants you to share them with the world He gave them to you because he saw you fit to execute that mission. So if you sing, start singing. If you dance, start dancing. If you write, start writing. Don't let anything stop you. If your job is that you are just able to anoint the word with your beautiful words, with your ambition, with your positive energy and your attitude and your smile, use that to influence the world because we need you. Yes, you. We need you. I need you. We need that positivity. Don't let anything kill that. Don't let anything destroy that. I love you. Until next time. VP.